0: Alright, chapter two. How did you like chapter one, Peyton? Good. Really? What was your favorite part? Um, Falling asleep? The first part? (sighs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a pass, little girl, because you're cute. Well, Peyton's Peyton's drawing right now, so she was not going to fall asleep. And Peyton, would you like to share where we are? Hotel? Yeah, well yeah that's that's good enough. We're in a hotel because we're going to Salem. We're going to Salem. I'm excited. And we're gonna if there's a good bookstore, we're gonna get a good book for you guys. So then we can tell people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is right. Okay, ready? Ready. Okay. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone Chapter 2. The Vanishing Glass. Nearly ten years had passed since the Dursleys had woken up to find their nephew on the front step, but private drive had hardly changed at all. The sun rose on the same tidy front gardens and lit up the brass number four on the Dursleys' front door. It crept into their living room, which was almost exactly the same as it had been on the night when Mr. Dursley had seen that fateful news report about the owls only one photo on the only the photographs on the mantelpiece really showed how much time had passed 10 years ago. There had been lots of pictures of what looked like a large pink beach ball wearing different cou- colored bonnets, but Dudley Dursley was no longer a baby. And now the phot- photograph showed a large blonde boy riding his first bicycle on a carousel at the fair, playing a computer game with his father being hugged and kissed by his mother the room held no sign at all that another boy lived in this house, too. Yet Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment, but not for long. His Aunt Petunia was awake, and it was her shrill voice that made the first noise of the day. Up! Get up! Now! Harry woke with a start. Her His aunt rapped on the door again. Wake up! she screeched. Harry Harry heard her walking towards the kitchen and then the sound of the frying pan being put on the stove. He rolled onto his back and tried to remember the dream that he'd been having. It had been gone. It had been a good one. There had been a flying motorcycle in it. He had a funny feeling that he'd seen that same dream before. His aunt was back outside the door. "Are you up yet?" she demanded. "Nearly," said Harry. Well, get a move on. I want you to look after the bacon, and don't you dare let it burn. I want everything perfect on Dudley's birthday. Harry groaned. What did you say? His aunt snapped to the door. Nothing, nothing. Dudley's birthday. How said, could he have forgotten? What, pay? I said, leave me alone. I know, he just wants to sleep, the poor kid. Harry got out slowly of bed and started looking for his socks. He found a pair under his bed, and after pulling a spider off of one of them, he put it on. Harry was used to spiders because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them, and that was where he slept. When he was dressed, he went down the hall into the kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath all the Dudley's birthday presents. It looked as though Dudley had gone... Oh, look what I found in your book. Did you put that there? No. Huh. I've just found a dollar bill in Peyton's book. Interesting. we just get money from the... Maybe it was in there. Maybe somebody put it... Oh, maybe... Oh, my gosh. Does it say something on it? Like a note or something? No. Cool. We should do that. Put dollar bills in books that we love and say, have a great time reading this book. No, because that's... You can't... You can't draw a dollar bill or money. Well, guess what? Get over it. We'll do it anyways. No, you... No, it's illegal. Oh, Peyton... It's fine. It's art, okay? Uh-uh. I'll do it then. No, Mom. You're setting up a example. No, I'm not. It's art. And guess what? It's a kind thing to do, and it makes people smile. So if it makes people smile, then it's a law that's stupid. No, Mom. He was dressed when he went down the hall into the kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath all of Dudley's presence. It looked as though Dudley had gotten a, the new computer he wanted... Not to mention the second television and a racing bicycle. Exactly why Dudley wanted a racing bicycle was a mystery to Harry, as Dudley was very fat and hated exercise. Unless, of course, it involved punching somebody. Dudley's favorite punching bag was Harry, but he couldn't often catch him. Harry didn't look it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had something to do with living in the dark cupboard, but Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He looked even smaller and skinnier than he really was because he had to wear all of Dudley's old clothes, and Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Harry had a thin face, knobby knees, black hair, and bright green eyes. He wore round glasses held together with a lot of scotch tape because all of the times that Dudley has punched had punched him in the nose— The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was his very thin scar that he had on his forehead that was shaped like a bolt of lightning. He had it a long time, longer than he can remember, but the first question he could ever remember asking his Aunt Petunia was how he had gotten it. In the car crash when your parents died, she had said, and don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. That was the first rule for a a quiet life with the Dursleys. Uncle Vernon entered the kitchen as Harry was turning over the bacon. "Comb your hair," he barked, by the morning, by the way of the morning greeting about once a week. Uncle Vernon looked over the top of his newspaper and shouted at Harry, shouted that Harry needed a haircut. Harry must have had more haircuts than the rest of the boys in his class put together, but it made no difference. His hair simply grew that way, all over the place. Harry was frying eggs by the time Dudley arrived in the kitchen with his mother. "'Dudley looked a lot like Uncle Vernon. "'He had a large pink face, not much of a neck, "'small, watery blue eyes, and thick blond hair "'that lie smooth on his thick, fat head. "'Aunt Petunia often said that Dudley looked like a baby angel. "'Harry often said that Dudley looked like a pig in a wig. "'Harry put the plate of eggs and bacon on the table, "'which was difficult as there wasn't much room. "'Dudley, meanwhile, was counting his presents. "'His face fell.' Thirty-six, he said, looking up at his mother and father. That's two less than last year. Darling, you couldn't have counted... You haven't counted Aunt Margie's present. See it? See it under the big one for Mummy and Daddy? All right, thirty-seven then, Dudley, said Dudley, going on red in the face. Harry, who could see a huge Dudley tantrum coming on, began wolfing down his bacon as fast as possible in case Dudley turned the whole table over. Aunt Petunia obviously scented danger, too, because she said quickly, and we'll buy you another two presents while we're out today. How's that, Popkin? Two more presents. Is that all right? Dudley thought for a moment. It looked like hard work. Finally, he said, so I'll have thirty. Thirty. Thirty-nine, sweetums, said Aunt Petunia. He couldn't even count. (laughs) Oh, Dudley said, have sat down heavily and grabbed the nearest parcel. All right then. Uncle Vernon Uncle Vernon chuckled. Look, little Tyke wants his money's worth, just like his father, at a boy Dudley. He ruffled Dudley's hair. At that moment, the telephone rang and Aunt Petunia went to answer it while Harry and Uncle Vernon watched Dudley unwrap the racing bicycle, a video camera, a remote control airplane, 16 new computer games, and a VCR. He was ripping apart the paper off of a gold wristwatch when Aunt Petunia came back from the phone looking both angry and worried. Bad news, Vernon, she said. Miss Fig's broken her leg. She can't take him. She jerked her head in Harry's direction. Dudley's mouth fell open in horror, but Harry's heart gave a leap. Every year on Dudley's birthday, his parents took him in a and a friend out for the day to an adventure park hamburger restaurants or the movies every year harry was left behind with miss F- miss fig a mad old lady who lived two streets away harry hated it there the whole house smelled of cabbage and miss Vig made him look at photographs of all of the cats that she'd ever owned now what said aunt petunia looking furiously at harry as if he'd planned this Harry knew that he ought to feel sorry for Miss Fig, who had broken her leg, but it wasn't easy when he reminded himself that it would be a whole year before he had to look at Tibbles, Snowy, Mr. Paws, and Tuffy again. We could phone the Mar we could phone Marge, Uncle Virgin Uncle Vernon suggested. Don't be silly, Vernon, she hates the boy. Dursley gosh, they are terrible people. The Dursleys often spoke of Harry like this, as though there wasn't "'as though there wasn't, or rather, as he thought something was very nasty "'that they couldn't understand them, like a slug. "'What What about, what's her name, your friend, Yvonne?' "'Ugh, on vacation in Morocco,' snapped Aunt Petunia. "'You could just leave me here,' Harry put hopefully. "'He'd be able to watch what he wanted to watch on television for a change "'and maybe even go on the Dudley's computer.' "'Aunt Petunia looked as though she'd swallowed a lemon.' and come back to find the house in ruins, she snarled. I won't blow up the house, said Harry, but they weren't listening. I suppose we could take him to the zoo, Aunt Petunia said slowly, and leave him in the car. That's a new car. He's not sitting in there alone. The Dudley Dudley began to cry loudly. In fact, He wasn't really crying. It had been years since he'd actually cried. But he knew that if he screwed up his face and wailed, his mother would give him anything he wanted. "'Dinky dudums, don't cry. Mummy won't let him spoil your special day,' she cried, flinging her arms around him. "'I don't want him to come!' Dudley yelled, between huge pretend sobs. "'He always spoils everything!' He shot Harry a nasty grin through the gap of his mother's arm. Just then, the doorbell rang. Oh, good lord, they're here, said Aunt Petunia frantically. A moment later, Dudley's best friend, Piers Polkis, walked in with his mother. Piers was a scrawny boy with a face like a rat. He was usually the one who who held people's arms behind their back while Dudley hit them. Dudley stopped pretending to cry at once. Half an hour later, Harry, who couldn't believe his luck, was sitting in the back of the Dursleys' car with Piers and Dudley on the way to the zoo for the first time in his life. His aunt and uncle hadn't been able to think of anything else to do with him, but before they'd left, Uncle Vernon had taken Harry aside. "'I'm warning you,' he said, putting his, arm, putting his large purple face right up to Harry's. "'I'm warning you now, boy. Any funny business?' anything at all, and you'll be in the cupboard from now until Christmas. I'm not going to do anything, Harry said, honestly. But Uncle Vernon did not believe him. No one ever did. The problem was, strange things happened around Harry, and it was just no good telling the Dursleys that he didn't make it happen. Once Aunt Petunia tried to her- Aunt Once Aunt Petunia, tired of Harry coming back from the from the... Barbers, looking as though he hadn't been at all, had taken a pair of kitchen scissors and cut his hair so short he was almost bald, except a few bangs, which she left to hide that horrible scar. Dudley had laughed himself silly at Harry, who spent a sleepless night imagining school the next day, where he was already laughed at for his baggy clothes and taped glasses, the next morning, however, he had gotten up to find his hair exactly like it had been before Aunt Petunia had sheared it off. He had been given a week. He had been given a week in his cupboard for this, even though he had tried to explain that he couldn't explain how his hair grew back so quickly. Another time, Aunt Petunia had been trying to force him into a revolting old sweater of Dudley's, brown with orange puff balls. The harder she tried to put it over his head, the smaller it seemed to become until finally it may have fit on a hand puppet, but certainly it wouldn't fit Harry. Aunt Petunia had decided it must have shrunk in the wash, and to his great relief, Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he'd gotten into terrible terrible trouble for being found on the roof of the school kitchens. Dudley's gang had been chasing him, as usual, when, as much to Harry's surprise as anyone else's, "'There he was, sitting on a chimney. "'The Dursleys had received a very angry letter "'from Harry's headmistress, "'telling them that Harry had been climbing the school buildings. "'But all he'd tried to do, as he shouted at Uncle Vernon "'through the lock of the door of his cupboard, "'was jump behind the big garbage can outside the kitchen doors. "'Harry supposed that the winds must have caught him in mid-jump. "'But nobody, or but today, nothing was going to go wrong.' It was even worth being with Dudley and Piers to be spending the day where somewhere where it wasn't school, his cupboard, or Mrs. Figg's cabbage-smelling living room. While While he drove, Uncle Vernon complained to Aunt Petunia. He liked to complain about things. People at work, Harry, the council, Harry, the bank, and Harry were just a few of his favorite subjects. This morning, it was motorcycles. Roaring like maniacs and young hoodlums, he said as motorcycles overtook them. I had a dream about a motorcycle, Harry said, remembering suddenly it was flying. Uncle Vernon nearly crashed into the car in front of him. He turned right around in his front seat and yelled at Harry, his face like a gigantic beat with a mustache. Motorcycles don't fly! Dudley and Piers sniggered. Well, in my dreams they don't. Yeah, I know. My gosh. Well, I know they don't, said Harry. It was only a dream. But he wished he hadn't said anything at all. If there was one thing that the Dursleys hated even more than asking questions, it was his talking about anything, acting in a way he shouldn't, no matter if it was a dream or even a cartoon. They seemed to think he might get a dangerous idea. It was very, It was a very sunny Saturday and the zoo was crowded with families. The Dursleys brought Dudley and Piers large chocolate ice creams at the entrance and then because the smiling lady had in the van had asked Harry what he wanted before Harry, before they could hurry him away, they bought him a cheap ice pop. A cheap lemon ice pop. Man, it wasn't bad either, Harry thought, licking it as they watched the gorilla scratching its head who looked remarkably like Dudley except that it wasn't blonde. Harry had the best morning that he had had in a long time. He was careful to walk a little way apart from the Dursley so that Dudley and Piers, who were starting to get bored with the animals by lunchtime, wouldn't fall back on their favorite hobby of hitting them. They ate in the zoo restaurant, and when Dudley had a tantrum because his knickerbocker glory didn't have enough ice cream on top— Uncle Vernon bought him another one, and Harry was allowed to finish the first. Good, he didn't blame it on him. I know. Like, ha- he didn't have enough ice. Come on. I know. Yeah, it's your fault. I know. I my fault. I know, poor kid. Harry felt afterward that he should have known it was all going good. It was all too good to last. After lunch, they went to the reptile house. It was cool and dark in there, with lit windows all along the walls. Behind the glass, all sorts of lizards and snakes were crawling and slithering over bits of wood and stone. Dudley and Piers wanted to see a huge, poisonous cobra and thick man-crushing pythons. Dudley quickly found the largest snake in the place. It could have wrapped its body around Uncle Vernon's car and crushed it into a can. But at that moment, it it didn't look in the mood. In fact, it was fast asleep. Dudley stood there with his nose pressed against the glass, staring at the glistening brown coils. Make it move, he whispered. He whined to his father. Uncle Vernon tapped on the glass, but the snake didn't even budge. Do it again, Dudley ordered. Uncle Vernon rapped on the glass, smartly with his knuckle, but the snake just snoozed on. This is boring, Dudley moaned. He shuffled away. Harry moved in front of the tank and looked intently at the snake. He wouldn't have been surprised if it had died of boredom itself. No company except stupid people drumming their fingers on the glass, trying to disturb it all day long. It was worse than having a cupboard as a bedroom, where only visitor, where the only visitors were Aunt Petunia hammering on the morning to wake you or on the door in the morning to wake you up, or at least he got a, uh, at least he got to visit the rest of the house. Suddenly. The snake opened its beady eyes, which is weird because snakes don't have eyelids, but okay. Slowly, very slowly, it raised its its head until its eyes were at level with Harry's. It winked. Without eyelids? Okay. (laughs) Harry stared, then he quickly looked around to see if anyone was watching. They weren't. He looked back at the snake and winked, too. The snake jerked its head towards Uncle Vernon and Dudley, then raised his eyes to the ceiling, gave harry a look that said quite plainly i get that all the time don't snakes snakes don't have pupils no yeah actually they do yeah Yeah, if you see waffles eyes you'll notice that they do Uh. Mm -hmm. i know harry murmured through the glass though he wasn't sure that the snake could hear him that must be really annoying the snake nodded vigorously where do you come from anyway harry asked the snake jabbed its tail with a little sign next to the glass. Harry peered at it. Boa Constrictor, Brazil. <gasps> was it nice there? The boa constrictor jabbed its tail at the sign again, and Harry read on, This specimen was bred in a zoo. Oh, I see. So you've never even been to Brazil. As the snake took, shook its head, a deafening shout behind Harry made them both jump. Dudley! Mr. Dursley, come and look at this snake. Won't you believe what it's doing? Dudley came waddling back as fast as he could. Out of my way, you, he said, punching Harry in the ribs. Caught by surprise, Harry fell on the hard concrete floor. What came next happened so fast, no one saw how it happened. One second, Piers and Dudley were leaning leaning right up close to the glass, and the next, they had leapt back, with howls of horror, Harry sat up and gasped. The glass in front of the bow constrictor's tank had vanished. The great snake was uncoiling itself rapidly, slithering out onto the floor. People through the reptile house screamed and started running after the exits. As the snake slid swiftly past him, Harry could have sworn a low hissing voice said, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, amigo. The keeper of the reptile's house was in shock. But the glass, he kept saying, where did the glass go? The zoo director himself made Aunt Petunia a cup of strong sweet tea while he apologized over and over again. Piers and Dudley could, only get, could get only gibber. I don't know what that means. As far as Harry had seen, the snake hadn't done anything except snap playfully at their heels as it passed. But by the time they were all back in Uncle Vernon's car... Dudley was telling them how it had nearly bitten off his leg while Piers was swearing it had tried to squeeze him to death. But worst of all, for Harry at least, was that Piers calming down enough to say Harry was talking to it. Weren't you, Harry? Uncle Vernon waited until Piers was safely out of the house before starting on Harry. He was so angry that he could hardly speak. He managed to say, "'Go! Cupboard! Stay! No meals!' Before he collapsed into a chair, and That's Aunt— child abuse. I know—and Aunt Petunia had to run and get him—get lar- him a large brandy. Harry lie in the cupboard much later, wishing that he had a watch. He didn't know what time it was, and he couldn't be sure that the Dursleys were asleep yet. Until they were, he couldn't risk sneaking into the kitchen for some food. He lived with the Dursleys almost ten years—ten miserable years as long as he could remember ever since he'd been a baby and his parents had died in that car crash he couldn't remember being in the car with his parents when they died sometimes when people strain his sometimes when he strained his memory during long hours in the cupboard he came up with a strange vision a blinding flash of green light and burning pain on his forehead this he supposed was the crash though he couldn't imagine where all the green lights came from i can magic, huh? Mm-hmm. And he couldn't remember his parents at all. His aunt and uncle never spoke about them. And of course, he was forbidden to ask questions. There was no photographs of them in the house. When he had been younger, Harry had dreamed and dreamed of of some unknown relation coming to take him away, but it never happened. The Dursleys were his only family, yet sometimes... He thought, or maybe hoped, the strangers on the street seemed to know him. Very strange strangers, they were, too. A tiny man with a violet-top hat that had bowed to him once while he was shopping out with Aunt Petunia and Dudley. After asking Harry furiously if he knew the man, Aunt Petunia had rushed them out of the shop without buying anything. A wild-looking old woman, dressed in all green, had waved merrily at him once on a bus, A bald man in a very long purple coat had actually shaken his hand in the street the other day and then walked away without saying a word. The weirdest thing about all of these people was the way they seemed to vanish the second Harry tried to get a closer look. At school, Harry had no one. Everybody knew that the Dudleys gang hated that Harry Potter in his baggy old clothes and broken glasses and nobody liked to disagree with Dudleys gang. Mm, oh, poor Harry, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm.